For once, Pitt football had a stress-free game. From start to finish, they took care of business last Saturday. This week, Syracuse comes into town, but how much of a challenge will the Orange be for the Panthers? We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. This is the week of September 19th, 2020, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I am Alan Michael Tuzinski. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. And, man, I don't remember the last time Pit offense put up a double nickel. I don't remember the last time the Pit defense just goose-egged a team. When the hell was the last time Pitt was on the right side of the mercy rule. When the hell was there ever a mercy rule? When was Pitt ever not undefeated in non-conference play? Only in a crazy-ass year like 2020. And expectations are now sky-high. Pitt is 25th in the nation. Here we go. The AP loves us. You love us. And, well, Pitt just stomped Austin PA, and that's all they had to do to get there. Now we got Syracuse in town, an old foe. High noon on Saturday, Vince. Let's go. Double-digit favorite. Let's go. A big noon kickoff on the ACC Network. Pitt, Syracuse, it's going to be going down in Heinz Field. I can't wait to talk about it. This is a huge game for the Panthers. Conference season starting, and we got to get started off with a big-time win. I think the Panthers can do it. Oh, boy, I would love a mud hole stomping of the orange. Although, Pam, a 20-plus point favorite going into this game, I don't know. I'm going to start this show off saying I'm not very confident in that, even though Pitt whooped on Austin PA. I don't know if that was all just smoke and mirrors because that team looked real bad. Well, I don't know if it was, it's all Austin PA and Pitt's performance against them. I think – Syracuse looked bad against Carolina, too. So I think that's part of the number. The number's too high. Any Pitt fan will tell you. It's crazy if you bet Pitt plus 20-something. <laughs> that's nuts. Nuts. Yeah, it's a good a good thing less people are going to Rivers to fall for that trick. At H2P Show on Twitter if you want to follow us. And, of course, you could email us. Hail the number two Pitt podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate all your feedback there or on Reddit or on Panther Lair. We're active everywhere when it comes to Pit Panther social media. This episode, like all, is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You can go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get your own podcast started with a personal producer for a very, very affordable price. Why wouldn't you go to prettyeasypodcast.com if you're looking to start your own podcast? Do it. All right. Got to review that Austin P, Austin PA, Austin PU game, Vince. And f- first of all, I want to say 
everything I saw in that game, I have already wiped out of my memory because none of it meant anything. I was not impressed nor upset about one thing. It was Austin PA. Yeah, Austin PA, you know, not not a very good team. Um, they're know, so I, bad, I, they're I, not even playing a full season. They're done after this week. They are a team that was totally outmatched, and you know, it, it kind of showed up in a a, a, a mercy rule. Ten minute quarters in the second half. I've never seen that before in a Division One game, uh, but. I, I, I'm not going to go as far as what you said, Alan, and that you're not impressed at all. I, I think there were some things to get excited about. Uh, and the first thing I was excited about, Pam, was this game plan and the execution that the Panthers had. Uh, how many times have we seen them play one of these FCS teams and it ends up being a game that's much closer than what it should be? Pitt went out there and they took care of business regardless of the opponent, and they were aggressive in doing so, I would say. Taking shots deep downfield, mixing it up a little bit. Uh, what did you think about, about the game plan and the execution? Yeah, I think it was good to see them for four quarters play hard, regardless who was on the field for the Pitt Panthers, too, from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good game plan. Uh, they didn't show too many secret things. They didn't need to. They just need to do like regular Ooh. throwing the ball deep. I beg to differ. They they let Addison out of the bag already. Everyone's game planning <laughs> for him now, Pam. That was terrible. I don't. Oh no, I, that was that was actually uh, one of the players I was most impressed with. At not only how he played, but the fact that he got so many targets. It doesn't matter. He's out of the bag. Try and stop him. Yeah, <laughs> I like that attitude. That is that is the mentality you do have to have, I guess. But this game uh, was a lot of good. There were some things we can nit- nitpick, but I will say I'm so happy Izzy Abataconda was able to get in there and, and get one of the one of the touchdowns in that game. He didn't. He wasn't all over the place like Addison, but we saw glimpses. I liked what I saw. Abataconda forever, Vince. Yeah, uh, the last style bender came in there, and you know he he looked good. He hit the hole hard. He looked fast. Uh, I'll, I'll say all the running backs, you know, for the most part, looked look very good. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about it a little bit more when we talk uh, about Syracuse. But you know, uh, you know, uh, Carter, uh, the the bigger running back, you know, he looked pretty good, specifically around the goal line. Vincent Davis looked like he's gotten a little bit better. Than what he was last year, you know Todd Sibley. We know what he can do when he's healthy. AJ Davis, you know, very consistent. So it, it certainly is a crowded backfield, and um, you got to be really encouraged, specifically with how some of the, the newcomers played. For sure, and that's hopefully going. We know Pitt's running backs are going to be better than they were last year. We're just going to be interesting to see who emerges and where the consistency happens. But I think, I think that was one of the definite positives that you have to feel good about moving forward. But then there were some other things that had me scratching my head. Like why the backup quarterbacks look so lost out there. I know these guys, uh, you know, don't play that much, but Yellen's Bevel. No, but Yellen's played. They both get in there. They knew they were going to be playing against this scrub team, Pam. And I thought, Watching both of those guys, God help us if Kenny Pickett is not the quarterback in every single game for every single down moving forward. Yeah, I do think Bevel did look better than Yellen, though, in yeah. there. I think he looked more poised in the pocket. Didn't who, have those who, deer in the head. Who was like, the one throwing like Phil Rivers? 
<laughs> that, that, that was that, that was, was Bevel. Yeah, he has he has a short like shot put arm almost. Like, <laughs> but he looked more in control. It took him a little bit to get into it, but it yeah. Well, you know, they weren't all you know playing with the the first string. Uh, I think that should be should be noted. Um, but but you know, I I agree with you, Alan. They they didn't look great, and you know they're alternating series. I'm I'm sure that you know yeah that throws you little, off that yeah. throws you off a little bit. Uh, do we take for, first of all? I guess we we should note the coach did say that Nick Patty has been a little bit banged up, so maybe that's why you know he did not play on Saturday, and maybe that explains why he wasn't even listed on the depth chart. So I, I guess it is possible that, you know, if Pickett would get hurt and Patty was healthy, that Patty would be the first man up. Uh, I think everybody, you know, I presume everybody would feel a little bit better about that than than uh, Bevel or, or Yellen. But it, it does see – it was interesting that Bevel was the first guy that came in even though it was it was at the very end of a half, and then they they kept switching off. But uh, Alan, I'm I'm thinking what you're saying. You know, despite the awkward throwing motion, that the bevel was the more impressive of the two. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. And actually, I'm, I'm the awkward throwing motions endearing as long as he finds his consistency. And yeah, they were alternating, and you know, they were probably also confused. Like, wait, why is this quarter only ten minutes? Why no no one told me this was going to happen. Uh, uh, that really screwed up a lot of the betters. They had to cancel all bets on the game because of that, because the yeah. full amount of time was not played. Well, Alan, I've also been meaning to ask you this specifically about the quarterbacks, and you know, we were not at the game, so we, we you know, we were at, obviously we, so were we were as close. We could hear it. Yeah, we were as close <laughs> to the game as you're legally allowed to be. I think some of the closest. <laughs> so you know, we, we were at the mercy of the uh, you know. ACC network television cameras, uh, but you didn't see a whole lot of quarterbacks running to the sideline in between every play to talk to the offensive coordinator. Do, do you think that you know played any anything into the game? Oh my my goodness, that last year oh, I can't God. believe it lasted as long as it did. And I don't know. You're right. Was this for real? Were they not running to the sideline, or was this camera? Was this uh, TV magic? They said you think it was a parlor trick before the game. Mark Whipple said, "Don't show any of my quarterbacks looking at me for plays." All right, make sure you do me this solid. He knows a guy at the ACC network, or I, I will. This was also Austin PA. If they aren't run, if Kenny's not running the sidelines, having Whipple draw the play on his hand between each play against Syracuse, I'll believe that that moment in pit time is finally over. <laughs> Well, I, I don't. I it's hard to say. Uh, I, I will say this: Kenny Pickett, you know, he's got the long hair going. He, you know, he's warming up in in a, in a sleeveless shirt. You know, Damn. he looked like his swag was just off the charts. He and, looks and like I, the big that, man on campus of all big men on campus. He looks too yeah, cool I, for any school. That that spe- spells good news uh, for Pitt and the quarterbacks moving forward. The bad news of this game, though, were all the uh, injury or COVID names that were left out. Uh, Rashad Weaver, Keyshawn Camp, the two big standouts, Pam. And we don't know if that was – there's some COVID protocols. Weaver had a tweet alluding to some maybe inconsistent testing, but um, so we're not – there's nothing been confirmed so far. 
Yeah, which is you know ludicrous if you ask me that you know the the conference and the the team can't get that right testing. I mean the confusion you're hearing there were multiple uh, different results on multiple tests. Who, who knows how that's all working? But look at how it could really leave a really good player out of a game. If this was an important game, this would definitely been given a lot more attention. There would be a lot more outrage from people other than Rashad Weaver himself. Uh, but it was at least just the first game, a warm-up game. Um, we'll see how things go moving forward in the ACC, of course, with the Demon Virus and its stupid head lurking behind every single corner you turn throughout the season. And we're going to be talking about now how the Big Ten's also coming in to ruin the whole season as well a little bit later. But what about this? This is good coming out of the game to close up the Austin PA game. Kenny Pickett. A better-ranked quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, according to PFF, Pro Football Focus's college football ratings people. Kenny finished third overall ahead of Trevor Lawrence and only behind the Rattler in OU and the Wells quarterback there in Marshall. I will say Trevor Lawrence played slightly better opponent than Wake Forest. I mean, I know Wake Forest isn't going to win the ACC this year, but I will say Wake Forest is slightly better than Austin PA, but regardless, uh, a very impressive performance for Pickett, and that's what you wanted to see in the, the half that he did play. I mean, it's 2020, Pam. You don't need to be injecting reality into the into anything. I mean, just because he played – you know, an actual uh, Power Five conference school doesn't make Trevor Lawrence better, at least in my warped mind. Pick it for Heisman, then. Let's start Hell the campaign. Hell yeah! Let's start it, baby. He's, he's certainly building the numbers to do so. <laughs> he would definitely have the best hair in Heisman history if he won the whole thing. But really, I would say I'd put him up there. That I would kill for that Kenny Pickett hair. I'd kill for it. Well, right. <laughs> There's probably a lot of quarterback hair out there you'd kill for. Definitely. Uh, any hair. All right, Syracuse. Here they come. They're 0-1. And, you know, I'm not going to say they looked as bad against UNC as you, you are, Pam. 31-6 to is bad. But that first half, 10-6, to and there were turnovers. They hung in there. You saw UNC was not, not at ease. I I feel like the the line this week is ridiculous and they're showing against UNC is being misinterpreted. No, I think I think what that was was UNC uh started slow, maybe played down to their opponent. Syracuse is terrible. They're starting a what, a tight end on or a fullback on the offensive line? They're starting someone who shouldn't be playing offensive line on the offensive line. Um yeah, they did that last know, year too. Tommy DeVito is going to get run over yes. by this pit defensive line. Um, he was 13 to 31 against UNC last week. Syracuse then UNC kind of found its stride in the second half and Syracuse ended up giving 451 yards. I think Syracuse is not very good. I really like Dino Babers, but I just think this team after watching a chunk of that game is terrible. Not saying Pitt's going to blow them out because Pitt, you know, we all know what Pitt can do, good and bad. Well, I will say this, and, and we, you know, we talked about this a couple times last year, unfortunately, you know, how great Pitt's defensive line was and, you know, how they were you know, leading the country in sacks. But, you know, there were a couple games last year where they could not get to the quarterback. And I, 
uh, Miami was one. We we're saying, oh, they're starting a freshman quarterback. They're starting, you know, two fresh, true freshmen at, at tackle. And, you know, Pitt's defense is just going to have a field day with these guys, and they couldn't get to him. I think Syracuse, we'd have to go back and check the numbers, but I think Syracuse was one of those games where, you know, like, oh, you know, Pitt's defense should be able to just run all over these guys, but it ended up being a, a closer game than expected. And I, and I hope that's not the case this week. It, that, that is a high number, certainly, delay, but you got to think if Pitt's defense – can, can really get after it, and Syracuse offense is as uh, inept as it was last week, uh, Pitt shouldn't have to score that many points uh, in, in order to uh, to win this game comfortably. They, they shouldn't, and you, you bring up a good point, Vince. Getting after uh, the quarterback, it's not a given in this one. I mean, you're talking about Weaver and Camp still having to miss the game because of uh, the Maybe. rules. We, we, it, don't. we don't know for sure, but the rules in place, at least it looks like – they would have to if it's COVID related, but it's a what a ten day a ten day rule yeah. with a positive with test. All these, like, positive negative tests, we don't yeah. know. I yeah. think we won't know until Saturday. Uh, we probably so, will not. I, I don't see uh, Pat Narduzzi making that uh, yeah. clear before that. At least uh, you know, in terms of Rashad Weaver's you know situation, if, if the information he's tweeting out is true, then you would. You would suspect that he's going to miss this game. Keyshawn Camp, we have, we have no idea. He he hasn't uh, given out a, any information. Uh, so, you know, hopefully those guys can play. But you know, I will say this: you know, you got to feel good about the depth on this on this defensive line. Uh, you know, they're still you know uh, putting out some some good you know interior line play. I, I thought all, all the guys out there were you know were fairly disruptive. And, you know, even with, with Hubba, uh, you know, I guess day-to-day, -day, uh, the defensive end still looked pretty good. Dayon Hayes, uh, a true freshman from Westinghouse, you know, he's leading the country in sacks right now. Hell yeah. Uh, not that, not that uh, you know, that's going to happen every week. But it, it sh and, you know, this is certainly a step up in competition, as you alluded to. But, you know, the, the talent and the depth is there. And, and it, it's very well going to be tested this week. And we'll see if they could rise to the occasion. And I'm hoping that the depth shows up on the defensive line because the the defensive line and the linebackers for North Carolina really are what broke out their their team in the second half. Really, what just kind of put the clamps they put the clamps on Syracuse all game long, but they made huge plays and just frustrated the hell out of Devito in that game. And that's what Pitt's going to have to do is going to step up and be like Chaz Surratt was last week for UNC. That guy had like I think. All in all, it was in the backfield like five different times tackling and sacking people with two sacks. And, uh, you know, he was a terror. Uh, UNC did that last week to Syracuse, and they played in their backfield the whole time. That's what Pitt's equipped to do. They should be doing that. And then on the other side of the ball, that's where I think the big question mark is, is because while Pitt executed last week, they really were not tested. And this week they're going to be – Tested it just because they're going to be playing against a defense that's much much different than anything they've seen from Syracuse, which is what UNC I think fell into last week. Pam, they they were started off slow in that game because they had no tape on this new scheme from the Syracuse defense. They figured it out at halftime and ended up blowing them out. Pitt might go through those same same kind of growing pains throughout the the paces of the game. I think I would expect that. Yeah, I I. Could see Pitt starting slow with Syracuse in that three-three-five defense, just trying to figure out how to attack it, um, and then hopefully 
once they adjust and it's one thing to go up against to get practice, but seeing it live play after play um, is another thing. So I think once they find their rhythm, they'll be okay. And and that's going to be, you know, big, I like what you said there, finding your rhythm. I think that's going to be so critical, you know, being able to establish a good running game, uh, which they should be able to do against the three, three, five defense. You know, if the offensive line is playing as good uh, as they would, I think they made it big step forward. I want to see another step forward this coming week. I want to see if they can really push uh, that Syracuse front and, and get some good running room. I think they could do that. And yet, uh, as far as, you know, passing against the three, three, five defense, there's going to be a lot of blitzes coming at them and the offensive line, the running backs, they got to be well, ready to pick up those blitzes. But I think one of the things that will help is Pitt showed, you know, this past weekend, Against, against bad competition for sure, but they showed that they could hit some passes deep downfield. They were able to connect on some of them, which, you know, in past couple of years, they haven't always been able to do that. Uh, and they got some guys that can really stretch the field. And so I think Syracuse is going to know, you know, if, if you do blitz, there's a, a good chance that you could get seriously burned. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'm going to look for some deep balls from Kenny, accurately hitting Addison, the new superstar. Uh, that would be ideal. I also want to point out Jake Cradle. He, he he's a dog. It, dude was he was very violently playing football last weekend. Whereas I was watching Jimmy Morrissey play that game, critiquing the O line here a little bit too. He looked like he was maybe taking some plays off in terms of the ferocity and the viciousness. Maybe saving himself, Vince. But there can't be any holding back against the Syracuse front this week from the O line. Yeah, no, they, they cannot. And I know, Alan, you're very critical of, of interior line play technique and, and how guards are pulling around on on toss plays and encounters. And, and, and that's that's going to be very critical here, you know, especially with, with Pitt uh, uh, for running plays, not using a fullback nearly as much. You know, you got to have the, those those linemen that are pulling. You know, they got to be on time and they got to have good technique and get out there. It's a matchup that favors the Pitt Panthers for certain, but how much uh, was last week uh, a smoke and mirrors or, rev- or a revelation maybe about how damn good the Pitt defense is going to be and how improved the offense is going to be, where I think we'll find out right away against Syracuse. And if you are all ready to predict this game, Vincent Pam, I am, and I think I got a particular number in mind for it too. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Syracuse right now a 21-and-a-half point underdog uh, at the Westgate in Las Vegas. Uh, that's that's a big number for Pitt to, to cover. Um, but I, I will say this. I think there's a good chance that they could do it. I, I think this could be you know, maybe not, maybe not uh, the same – you know, fashion that North Carolina beat Syracuse uh, in, but I could see wait. a similar score. All right, if you if you believe Pitt might even be able to cover this thing, I got to rethink my entire pick for this game then. I'm going to hold off on it till the end of the show. I can't do it right uh, now. I'm not ready. I, I'll, I'm going to say that Pitt's going to win this game. We'll say, well, we'll say 31 to 10. How about that? Oh, that's so it, not, it would not, not a it cover. Would not cover. It would not cover. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm, I can't believe how confident he is after beating Austin man, PA, Pam. 
Well, I'm pretty confident too, but I think it's going to be like 33 to 17. Okay. Syracuse is going to get like a late score. The game's not. Uh, Pitt's going to start slow. Then once they find their rhythm, the game won't be in doubt, but it won't be a cover. Ooh, is Syracuse really that wait. bad? I love Dino Babers. He might be my favorite coach in the ACC, but. You know, he lost a lot of points with me last week. He's one of the worst coaches in terms of mask etiquette. He never had his mask over his nose the entire game. Him and Sean McVay, low grades for me for mask wearing from coaches. With Andy Reid, of course, being the pinnacle in all of sports right now for how to properly protect you and others. Well, the NFL's side note is going to start to find people. I don't know. They can't really do that in college football. Yeah, Maybe definitely not. Maybe if somebody not. was in charge, they could. Yeah, there's no one in charge. It is truly inmates running an asylum on Saturdays, which makes it so damn fun. And uh, maybe I'll save my Pitt-Syracuse score prediction as I mull it over for the end of the show here for the next handful of minutes. What do you th- say we go into the uh, interwebs and see what they're talking about on the Pitternet here, Pam? Yeah, we got to see uh, what everyone's talking about. Lots of chatter after that Austin PA game. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. Anthony at TW Sports 7 on Twitter said... Although our football team has undoubtedly taken years off my life from stress, I'll gladly trade that off for Pitt saving the world. And Pam, this is reference to a big discovery on campus earlier this week, or last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good tweet from Anthony. I think that uh, sums up a lot of a lot of stuff. But he was quote tweeting a tweet from the University of Pittsburgh saying uh, scientists have an antibody that completely and specifically neutralizes COVID-19. Um, so this could, this discovery has led to a drug which could be um, a pen- potential treatment. So way to go, Pitt scientists. And if Pitt saves the world, those stress off a years off of life is, uh, is worth it. Oh, hell yeah. And that's what it's all about at the University of Pittsburgh. Saving lives, changing the world, neutralize the virus. If I could bring a sign and go to the game, that's what mine would say. Good tweet there, at TWS Sports 7 on the Pitternet. What about my favorite tweet of the week, though? That one was really good, but nothing better than a, a real teaser with cryptic language and numbers, Vince. And... The Pitt football Twitter just tweeted out over the weekend, 9-26-20. And then a video showing a whole lot of steel clanging and banging. What did that mean? Yeah, I'm, I consider myself an expert in, the, in these kinds of uh, you know messages where, where you just, you know, all there is is a date and then, and then uh, some, some you know, uh, images that, that don't quite make any sense. Uh, but it, it, to me, th- this seems like uh, so- something to deal with, you know, alternate uniforms, uh, maybe similar to the ones the basketball team wore, uh, the black and gold uh, uh, previous season. 
I could see something like that for the football team. And if you looked at some of the uh, uh, pit players warming up, you saw that, and I believe Kenny Pickett was one of them, he was wearing a black uh, Pitt Panthers uh, sleeveless shirt. So that that's my prediction. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but we got to take care of business uh, this Saturday before we could get to that big showdown following week against Louisville. And nothing would look better than an undefeated team wearing some black and yellow if that truly is what those signs and messages mean from that cryptic video. Really cool. And last one I got here, Cam877 on Reddit, in the Panthers Reddit subreddit, said, to think all we needed all this time was the Pac-12 and the Big Ten just falling off the face of the earth in response to Pitt being ranked number 25, Pam. Although... That's only half right now. Uh, and it might not be any right coming up. Uh, we can talk about that in our college football national segment. But he's right. There were no, uh, well, there were no two huge conferences not playing football. And somehow that opened up the door for a pit and the raging Cajuns of all teams to be ranked in the top 25 but uh, that's what they're all talking about. And actually, a lot of people were on the Pitternet clamoring, Vince, for a Raging Cajun Pit Panther showdown. <laughs> I, I don't I, I didn't, I didn't see hear that anybody part of the Internet. That, but, I missed that. But yeah, I, you I, know, I, I saw could... that on I saw that on Raging Cajuns re- subreddit, Pit subreddit and uh, people in my DMs at Alan Michael show. Was anybody saying that on one of three seven the game and in, in Acadiana? Down in Lafayette, they they would have, but they actually really don't even talk about the Cajuns, and that's like not even a mile from campus at that radio station. But that's that's just what they do down there. But what a weird time to be alive. Pitt Panthers ranked number 25. Crazy. What is this world? And will they be, would they bump up if they beat Syracuse, you think, Pam? Uh, I don't know if they, maybe like, one or two spots yeah. there. It depends what other teams it, do around it them. Depends on what other teams do I think. and other teams <laughs> matchups. But I don't. I don't expect them to jump big if they beat Syracuse. I think Pitt could kill Syracuse by thirty, and there will still be six to eight Big Ten teams ranked ahead of them, and they won't even be playing for another month. That's what I expect. Unfortunately, that's. We're going to talk about that, but that could be true. It could be. All right. Well, that's what they're saying in the Pitternet. What about in the real world around town, down Woolies, maybe in the strip, or maybe they're just talking about it in uh, Zoom meetings between the, the local Elks Lodges? I don't know. We could find out, though, right now, Vince, can't we? Yeah, we, we can. A lot of talk about, you know, this is the out of all the games Pitts played against FCS teams I feel like this is the one the one most talked about in recent memory oh they're talking another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing trying to find out what the answers are saying that Austin P sucked but they got that JT Oatswald yeah he's, he's pretty good reminds me of a kid he used to play on Stowe Rocks I bet Stu or even that Greensburg Salem could beat him. Hail to pit. But the answers are 
So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Panthers have moved on from Austin PA and, and getting ready for this big uh, ACC showdown, big noon kickoff with, with, with Syracuse, first game in the ACC, uh, Alan. But there, there's a lot of news going around uh, college football. Uh, we, we got a big game in the ACC, and we got some conferences that are have decided to play, apparently. Oh, college football. You will not allow the NFL to have this moment. You will not allow any other sports, NBA playoffs, nothing. Have WNBA playoffs. WNBA playoffs. Maya Moore marrying the guy she got out of prison. All this huge news happening. But, of course, college football and the craziness dominates when you make an announcement like the Big Ten did earlier today. Figuring it out, I guess. Having a whole plan. And now they're saying they will play an eight-game season starting October 24th and a championship game on December 19th, one day before those college football playoff rankings are doled out. That is the timeline. They have all sorts. I read it, the the, the whole statement and the whole rules and regulations. They've got all kinds of plans, rapid testing, uh also, cardiac uh, monitors and, and databases to monitor uh, symptoms after uh, players get infected. They're anticipating everything here now. They've figured it out, I guess. And now they're ready to execute. And the Big Ten is now ready to ruin the college football season. We were all set to enjoy, Pam. Well, and also some breaking news. Probably by the time this podcast drops, there may be more movement, but there's a lot of movement right now with the Pac-12 uh, moving to play as well. ESPN's Heather Dinich reports that a source with knowledge of the discussions told me with clearance at the local level in California and Oregon, it's possible that the Pac-12 can ret- return as soon as late October as well. So definitely movement for the Pac-12 as well. Um, my question, I haven't fully looked at the calendar, but are these teams getting any bye nope. weeks? Okay, nope. so this is my big question. How many games in the ACC have we seen moved around, like Virginia, Virginia Tech? They, the ACC uh, has already had to move a bunch of games so around. So it's the Big 12. So it's the Big 12. Maybe the, the SEC, SEC has not started any play yet. So, But we looked at uh, conference, what is it? What conference is Memphis? Conference USA, AAC. They've had to move games around. So with no flexibility, if one school gets COVID or one game has to get moved, you have zero flexibility, right? That's that's, right. that's yeah. my biggest takeaway. It, well, it, there's a lot of takeaways I have about this big ten situation, but that's one thing that I think people need to address is there's no flexibility. So are you going to have a team that's only played six or seven games? I, I suppose that's possible. I, it's just, you know, you you could you could have. A, and we've had discussions on, you know, whether you know, you know football to- should be played, should not be played, you know. But to me, it just seems, you know, they were so adamant about not playing in, you know, when what it seems like July at this on point. eleven to three vote. Yeah, in July or late July, early August. And to me, not not a whole lot has changed since then. I mean, so, maybe they have better testing, but still, it, like, is it why? just political pressure? Is yes, it hundred you know, percent is, and it's also coaches well, it's complaining, money. money, coaches complaining. But in a year Parents where 
in a year where you you decided to to follow in the Max footsteps, that was the that's the road you that's the road you chose to go down and play in the spring and aim for that. That's fine. That's that is totally yeah. uh, commendable, and I would have respected it. And I would have respected the Big yeah. Ten champion coming out of that season. I would respect it if they got together with the other teams, Pac twelve, uh, other conferences playing in the spring, and they had you know their own thing, their own season at that time of the year. And we have this fall thing going on here, you know, and you know, you're, it's a party and it looks a lot of fun, but it's a very dangerous party and it's riddled with landmines all over the place and all sorts of craziness. And we don't know if we'll get to a championship still. And when we do, we don't know what that big fat asterisk is going to be like and feel like for the team that wins the championship. Now the Big Ten coming in, late into the season and expecting fully to have a college football playoff representative 100% will be slapping an asterisk on whoever wins it. They can enjoy it, but this is a weird season and the Big Ten just made it weirder. Um, And also, I'm just not comfortable with their plan and really them flip-flopping this way out of nowhere like things have gotten better across the country or even on their own damn campuses, which they have not... University of Illinois in particular, it, or Illinois University, excuse me, is just absolutely a wreck with with virus cases and shutdowns. Well, that, that's the thing. You know, it, it seems like, and you talked about it, how, you know, there was there was tremendous outlash from, from coaches specifically, you know, players, you know, players' families. The, the presidents that made these decisions uh, of the universities, they, they had to have known that there was going to be this, this, you know, horrible, you know, just outcry of, of, you know, how could you do this? And, and, and to see them cave like this is, is, and it's a little disappointing. Do they feel this much better about the testing and the protocols? Like, honestly, <laughs> they should have had, if they could have this in place, like all this guidelines of this percentage. And it's a little complicated what they, you know, percentages and all that, but couldn't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like anything's changed. If anything's things gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, like I personally don't feel like maybe the ACC or anyone should be playing college football. And we said that when we started the show back up, as long as Pitt's playing, we're going to talk about it. But I respected the the Big Ten yeah. for doing what I think is the right thing. Yeah, so. and, and and you you had you know with, with all the money at stake for for them for them playing, and you had since you know essentially April, you know when all this was happening to come up with a plan, and then you said you know we can't do this, and then to all of a sudden say that you can. I mean it, it just. It's just a little ridiculous to to me, and, and I'm. You know, I mean, it's hard for us to say because our yeah. conference is playing and yeah. saying it's ridiculous. It's just the flip flop. Well, that's what I'm saying. That that's the part yeah. that is ridiculous. And on the football side of it, uh, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do here because you know is the. The well, they're they're going to play nine games. The the champion would have played nine games total. Are they going to, you know, is that going to be held against them for whenever you know you have an SEC champion that played eleven SEC games, or you have an ACC champion 
that played 12 games total or a big or, 12 champion or an that, undefeated that raging Cajuns team or an undefeated raging Cajuns team. Mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, the Cajuns make the playoff an undefeated Cajuns team, make the playoff over, over an undefeated Ohio State team. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even played. finish that sentence. That <laughs> oh, how great would it be? Um, It'd be the best. The other, It'd make it all games. worth They deserve it. It would make the it other, all worth it. The other interesting thing that we're going to learn more about in the coming days is some of these players who have opted out. Um, there's been, I saw a report, like one of the Ohio State players, I'm not sure specifically, who opted out. He's trying to, he might want to play now because they're going to play, but he already had contact with an agent. So he didn't sign, but he had contact. So now he might have to apply for a waiver. The NCA has to look into it. So we know that's going to be a mess with these players because they didn't think they were going to play. They rightfully opted out, and now they they are going to play. So is the NCAA is not going to do the right thing and allow these players to play, right? Like I just – the right thing would be allow them to play because your conference well, football. Well, what, what did they opt out for? They opted out to like enter the draft because they okay. were thinking there was going to be a spring season, so they made contact with agents. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I guess that you know there were players on teams that, that are playing right now, already playing that opted out, you know, for for the draft or or a number of other reasons. But they're not trying uh, to play again, are they? No. Well, no, they're not. Which which is so. I that's I guess that's kind of my point. I don't I don't know if you're going to see that much difference. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee a lot of people opting back in. There's already been a report that one Ohio State player wants to. Well, that, that's one guy, but you know, we'll I, see. you know, I like it. I just like it because the NCAA damn sure will enforce that rule for sure. You you can't talk to an agent. You you can't talk to a bag man, but uh, you but know, our yeah, conferences can flip flop. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you end up changing your mind, you want to play, you, you don't care if your coaches are wearing masks on the sidelines or anywhere around campus. Yeah, whatever. No big deal. It's crazy hypocrisy. It's silly. Hopefully they do the right thing. At least let these players opt back in and, you know, finish their college career. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens. Then with the Pac-12, I just can't imagine. Aren't they waiting on government approval? Like, is the air quality even going to be you know, oh uh, at a reasonable level for half the teams in that conference. I mean, it's a it's those fires will be burning well into October as well. Everyone knows this. They're yeah. like only three percent contained right now. That's a the, the air quality is a different issue, but I guess they're trying to work with uh, the governors of Oregon and California and trying. It seems like there's a lot of momentum. Pac-12 released a statement, so we'll see what happens right. with that. I think a lot of it depends on. Well, in terms of the air quality, where the games are going to be played at. So San Francisco 49ers of the NFL play their game despite, you know, air quality. Maybe it's going to get worse, you know, you know, as time goes on or something. Um, I, I think location is certainly going to play a big factor in that. And I'm definitely going to be watching out to see how many of those uh, members of the 49ers and uh, who'd they play, the Cardinals? Yeah. Play the yeah. Cardinals? Yeah, Kyler Murray gets emphysema in the next few years. We'll know why. 200 air AQI. I got that Dyson air purifier. I monitor AQI all day long. Pittsburgh's isn't very good. And that's... <laughs> and, and, 
And it's horrible well, out there in those fires. It's not, it's just, ugh. the air you breathe well, uh, is very important. <laughs> it is. If you learn anything on this show today, you, you Pit Panther fan, the air you breathe, very important. And we also have something else very important. Miami versus Louisville, Pam. Game of the week, I say. I can't wait for this one. And I'm hoping Derek King pulls it out and keeps your hopes of the U getting into the playoff alive. Well, I don't hope. I just think. And I think uh, <laughs> Miami, they're uh, a two-and-a-half-point underdog Yeah. at Louisville. Miami's going to win. Do you really think so? Miami's going to win. Vince, I picked them to go to the playoff. Yes, I think you they're going to be. Scott Satterfield. I do. I do love. But I think Miami's going to win. I think I, I think it won't be super close. It'll be competitive. Let me say that. But Miami, I, I'm confident Miami wow. will win. Wow. I'm uh, not as confident, but I think they've the got. Game? This is a, a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ABC. And, uh. You know, this it's the, the the match picker, the projector, and the predictors all over the internet. It's from CBS to ESPN that I was reading. Louisville seems like a heavy favorite on those websites compared to, you know, betting odds, Vince. A lot of people are, are digging what Louisville's doing. Although I, I I feel like I'm with Pam. I feel like Miami's gonna win this as well. I think they've got the D to to hold off a team that, you know, didn't look too great against Western Kentucky, although they got it done. Yeah, uh, there was, you know, while in that Western Kentucky game, you know, there was, I, I think, you know, uh, a couple special teams turnovers and, and another turnover uh, that led to some really good field position for Western Kentucky that made that game look a little bit closer than it actually was. Uh, I think Louisville knew that they, you know, uh, and probably Miami to an extent too, you know, they, they were most likely going to win those games and they had a big game on deck and didn't necessarily need to, you know, you know, put the pedal to the metal. Uh, but it, this is going to be, this is going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't wait to watch this one. Uh, I, I, I don't know who, I don't know who to pick. I'm very, I'm very torn on this because I, I think, you know, Louis, I think Louisville's offense, you know, Miami certainly got the better defense, but but I think Louisville's offense is pretty good. I think they're going to be able to score, uh, and you know Miami, it's, it'll be interesting to see against a step up in competition. Most likely, you know, is uh, is King the quarterback going to be able to really you know take command of that offense and get it done? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to the experts. Well, on this one. it'll be good to watch this game because get some more information on Louisville before yep. the following week against Pitt. Hope, hopefully Miami gets them real tired. Yeah. <laughs> track. Hopefully it's a track meet and they, they just, they unleash everything they got the Louisville Cardinals against the Miami hurricanes this weekend. Going to be a really fun game. And I can't wait college football Saturday. You know, they probably shouldn't be playing, but Damn it, we're going to be watching. And I guess now a bunch of these pages in this Phil Steele magazine I got, Vince, are now actually worth something, and I should start reading up on the Big Ten and Pac-12 because I completely ignored those sections so far. There's a lot of people that rip those sections out of their books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they use them for fire, the fires and 
wiping things. Yeah, that's. A, but I, I kept mine intact just in case. Had a feeling. And I also have a feeling about the Pitt Panthers. You want, ready to hear my score, Pam? I'm ready. All right. Well, taking into account my pessimism after an Austin PA game and then your optimism, Pam, about uh, – the running game and, and, and the the overall offense. And then Vince's optimism going as far as almost picking them to cover. It has changed my score I had initially, which was a 35-34 squeaker against a team that Pitt always lets score way too many points and plays way too close. I'm going to go now 36-33. to I'm changing my score a little bit. Pitt Panthers... Over the Syracuse Orange. I have no idea who on Syracuse could score or, you know, put anything on the pit defense, but that's what happens every year. That's not, that's bad news. If, if this Syracuse team could score 33 points against Pitt's defense, I think that that's going to spell bad news, you know, going forward, win, win or lose. Well, that's what I foresee, unfortunately. I, uh, I just, it's, it's what happens. Oh, we, we've crushed them a couple times before. Are they that bad this time around, Pam? I didn't get that feeling. UNC is also very good. You, yeah, I, I, I... The men out... The men and women in the desert must know something, too, as well. That point spread is high. So I think... I think Syracuse isn't very good. And and maybe maybe Pitt's getting some respect. And it hasn't it hasn't moved down, so it's it's not like there's a lot of sharps coming in on the orange. Well, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right, and I hope it's another one of the game game like we saw last week. I could watch that all season long, Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I it, it was nice to just sit back and, and relax and 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 just watch watch a good old fashioned football. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. Let's hope we get more of the same. Pam, you got anything left before we head into this yep. weekend? Just hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit, everybody. Thanks for listening and subscribing, and we will see you next week.